0: Today is December 12th, 2020, and you are listening to Sam Walking in the World, episode 40, the fastest growing podcast in all of Knoll Top Terrace. As always, these are the thoughts of a guy who used to be unhappy, just trying to live like he wants to be when he dies. Guten Tag, Kiora. Ora, Top of the Morning. Funat to Chesky, Pedig Bo yet. and Don't Be a Hoser, eh? And a big fat hello to all my devoted listeners across 14, 14 continents. Four continents and two hemispheres. I'm grateful to all of you. As always, I'm thrilled as ever to hear you listening to the sound of my voice. Now I'm going to get to a couple of things right away in my stupid stuff. Um... Which I will get to in just a second. Um, But first, let me give you a quick preview of what's coming up. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the forgiveness of college loan debt. Chuck Schumer in the Senate has this plan to to forgive $50,000 of debt for each person who took out a government loan for college. And what the um, unintended consequences of that might be. And how it speaks to what tend to be liberal solutions, government solutions to things, and how it's just a completely different world than the real world. Um, And in larger things, I'm going to talk about regretting the past, you know, shutting the door on the past, um, and my own experience with it. but I'll get much more into that a little bit later. But first, a couple of stupid things. Um, you ever notice when sometimes some people, when you ask them for the score of a game, right, you can get a sense right away that they're not the kind of person who's into sports when they tell you the score of the team that's losing first. <laughs> you ever have that happen? You go, what's the score of the baseball game? It's one to six. <laughs> or like the football game is 17 to 24. Like what? I think the reason why we normally say the team that's got the higher score first is because it also tells you who's winning. Like Jets 24 17. Said Jets 17 24. Well, are they the 17 or are they the 24? It's funny how things like that can just slip into language and then you can tell something about a person by how they say something as simple as the score of a game. It corrects me up because it just sounds so off. Um, so, and then the second thing I want to talk about was that this thing that I used to drive my mother nuts with. As I've said, my mother is very Catholic. Um, I don't know if you can be very Catholic. Is it Catholic or not Catholic? But she's, I guess, very Catholic. And It is her, like I've said in previous episodes, it is is her avenue to God. And any avenue to God, in my opinion, is a good one. So, but I used to, I was just irreverent when I was younger. And certain things would click in my head because I'm a language person. And I wouldn't be able to get them out. And uh, one of them was during the, I don't know if you're Catholic. if If you're not, this might not make any sense to you, but there's a, a creed that everybody says out loud in mass, and it's called the Nicene Creed. And it's like this, we believe in one God, Father, Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. They've changed some of the words over the years, which I don't like, only because I've, I had the other one memorized, and now I'm saying the wrong thing. So everyone else is saying something else. I'm still saying the old version. Like, if this, if this stuff is so timeless, why why is there a new version? Like a digitally remastered Nicene Creed. But anyway, in one of them, it's of uh, they t- speak of Jesus as Jesus, and they say he was begotten, not made. And it cr- just kept cracking me up because it reminded me of like a television commercial. So I, I invented Father Nacho's tortillas, begotten, not made. And then later I added, made with only the cheese's crust. <laughs> Blasphemy uh but funny um okay i think that's a sufficient introduction when i come back i'm gonna talk basically just about three things i'm gonna talk about the forgiveness of college loan debt um i'm gonna talk a little bit about how joe bathroom is the i mean joe bathroom (laughs) joe biden is the mcdonald's bathroom of the democratic party you'll understand what i mean when i tell you and um and then in larger things i'm gonna talk about regretting the past and my experience with it. With that, I'll be back after this. I thought so. I thought there's something up. Milky has this, I don't know if you want to call it, rivalry. They're not siblings, because it's his cousin, but, um, his cousin Angus, has always, been a, a one-upster. And while Milky is a centered dude, um, I think Angus it just bothers Milky that Angus is always having to one up him about no matter what it is. And I've been around them together and it's like Milky can't say a word. I know how awesome Milky is. And I'm sure they do too. I'm sure Angus does in his family. Um but I, I I I I notice myself they don't let him get a word in edgewise. And so as soon as he's talking about something in his life that he's proud of Or that he enjoyed doing there's Angus immediately telling him how he did something better or in a better place and uh, everything is like the best or the worst and and Angus is always giving Milky advice Um, but I gotta say Milky does handle it well are they when are they coming in though are they coming in like the day before Christmas Eve or are they coming in when are they coming Welcome back to Sam Walking in the World. Thank you, Milky, for that. For those of you who don't know, Milky is my producer. He is a cow. Except he is not a cow. Um, And he's so tolerant of me when I say that. um, Because I guess I've always had the... When I was little, I used to believe that all dogs were male and all cats were female. I never thought past it. So I didn't really have anything to contradict it in my head but for some reason it stayed with me and i often forget that cows are female and bulls are male and so technically milky is not a cow he's a bull but it never really seemed to bother him that i called him a cow i'll probably continue to call him a cow but that is neither here nor there um but i feel like I feel like I haven't given my audience a good enough chance to really get to know Milky. I mean, I share stuff with him, but you never hear him. When he's talking in my ear, in my earpiece from the engineering room, he uh, he does, just talks to me. You don't get to hear his voice, except for when he's doing his job. And so I thought, you know what? Why not take a second? It's the Christmas season. It's the end of the year. Take a second, just kind of relax and have a conversation with Milky. Um I know Milky is stressed right now because his relatives from Wisconsin are all coming in and he's putting them all up in his barn and it's big. You know, Milky does well. And so it's not like, you know, they're gonna be right on top of each other, but they are going to be together. And we all know how that can be. I was thinking about how how nice my Thanksgiving was, like my co thanksgiving and and i I got to go visit people as I wished, and I ended up seeing more of my family and having more meaningful interactions with them while while we were not in the large group we would ordinarily be in at Christmas it was almost like a more fulfilling Thanksgiving and I think Christmas might be the same, might be Cove Christmas, And I honestly can't say that I'm opposed to that. Um, but Milky's family, since, since um, Milky's species is immune to COVID-19, they can all get together and there's no consequence. But I can tell he's like a little bit on edge, and I think I understand what it is. I think it's that Milky's cousin. Milky, is your cousin coming? So that shouldn't be too bad. I mean, we should be able to just stay out of each other's way. Or just indulge him. You know, let him. You can tell when somebody starts talking whether or not they want to seem like the most important person in the world. So just let him. Let him feel that way. But you do have to have boundaries. You cannot let him walk all over you. You know what I mean? You can't take his bull crap. You know? You're a bull too. Even though I call you a cow all the time. Yeah. What's your biggest worry? Well, you don't want to do that. No matter how irritating it gets, punching him in the stomachs is not the answer. Yeah, you just need to you know, do this thing. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Like when somebody's giving you advice that's gonna save your life, like a stock you're supposed to invest in because they did, and look at them now. <laughs> and and all all it really is is an avenue for them to talk about how wonderful and wise they are. But I understand where you're coming from. I totally get it. But you know what? It'll be about four days. They'll be out. They're going back to Wisconsin to celebrate New Year's. They are, right? They're not staying all the way through New Year's, are they? Well, there you go. If you can put up with me on a a weekly basis, I think you can probably put up with anybody, so. Yeah. And I love you too, buddy. All right, let's get back to work. Thank you so much for staying tuned. I was thinking about how badly the Democrats want wanted Joe Biden to get into the presidency, like they, especially with Kamala Harris waiting in the wings. You know, they it, it was like desperately wanted to get him into the presidency because they knew he'd be able to be elected. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sorry I got interrupted there but I was saying they can't wait to get Biden in just so they can get him out like hurry 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 get him in hurry hurry get him in we're desperate get him in and then get him out get him out get him out don't want this and I was thinking like that's exactly how I feel when I have to go really bad and the only place to go is a McDonald's bathroom (laughs) He's like the McDonald's bathroom of the Democratic Party. I mean, they already put Kamala Harris on the cover of Time as one of the person of the year. I don't know why. I don't know why. She was selected based on her gender and her race. She got so few votes in the Democratic primary that she dropped out after, I think, California. Um, What qualifies her to be the person of the year? I think it's because they want to be on the ground floor of her presidency. Because they know it's coming. But we'll see. Okay. Forgiveness of college loan debt. Sounds awesome. If I were a person who was in college loan debt, I would want this. But... There are unintended consequences that I think disrupt the natural order of things. And that is this many people have already paid back their college loans. My wife and my stepkid's dad have paid off their college loans or are in the process of paying it off because that's what you do. You take a debt, you pay the debt off. It's called personal responsibility. Now, I don't think for a second that the college education is worth the amount of money paid for it. Especially now when they fill your head with a bunch of crap. Instead of actually teaching you stuff that you can use both to better yourself as a person and to to earn a living. Have a career. It's just, it's just a bunch of turds what they're teaching now. I know all people say that, but I've watched it because I am close to the institutions of academia and I have seen them change, even at the high levels. And so, anyway, what, is it, what should a person think who has, who has already spent a whole bunch of money that they've earned paying off their debt just to see $50,000 worth of debt get erased for everybody else? And I've heard it suggested that it shouldn't be the government that forgives the loans. Or maybe the government could forgive the loans, but then the government would have to get paid back by the colleges themselves. Right? If 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 the qualifications that you got at at an institution of higher learning don't amount to enough to make you to, to allow you to make enough money to pay off the debt then the education itself was not worth the money. you know it's like being sold a lemon and the and anything that the government touches I, I swear anything that the government touches gets worse sometimes a little bit worse sometimes a lot worse. That's why FedEx is so much better than the United States Postal Service. But anyway, back to what I was saying is is that you are talk about divisiveness, right? Joe Biden is a uniter. It seems like every single Democrat is a uniter. And every single Republican presidential candidate or president is a a divider. So now we're going to get past this divisiveness and we're going to get on to the uniting of Joe Biden. Well, tell me if you can't think of something more divisive among a population than half of the people getting something paid for while the other half had to pay for it themselves. And then also what goes along with the government solutions is there's never any accountability. There's never any blame attached. Like since the government has an endless amount of money, they can just pay this off and, and wipe their hands of it. And there's no big deal. Everybody's happy. Except... Nothing is done to correct the problem of colleges offering educations that end up not worth an amount of money that that allows you to have, let alone have a good life, but not even be able to pay off your debt. But you learn that there is a wide spectrum of genders and there's um, an extra bathroom on every floor for people who are somewhere in between. It's crazy. It's crazy. So I mean, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I know my wife would f- feel blessed to have. But and then again, another unintended consequence is everyone's going to start taking more debt out. Why would you? Why would you ever pay a dollar of your spent money on an education when you know you could just take out a loan and never pay it back? And that's the, my tipping point theory. As soon as there are enough people voting themselves money, as soon as it reaches and 51% of the people that vote themselves money or vote themselves out of debt, the 49% who who are the productive ones who do the work and and make things happen, entrepreneurs, just people going out and doing their job, being productive in whatever capacity they've been hired to be productive, those people are going to see it and go, Why am I bothering to do this again? And that's why socialism always leads to communism. Because it has to eventually come down the barrel of a gun. Because when the 49% say, we're not going to do that, there has to be something that makes them. You know, it's like Karl Marx, what he said was uh, about to each according to their means or to each according to his ability from each according to their means or something like that. I know that's not right, but that's the idea. Like, like you're just supposed to work because you work and you understand the value of it you're supposed to do it. And then it ends up being like, for who? If I just have to share this money or, or you know, you get your loan debt paid and I don't, why, why am I bothering to work? And I think that's why countries that have gone communist are always uh, working for the state. Like and they they cast it in a good way, like Mother Russia. That's why you did it Pride in Mother Russia. That's for your country is no reason to be living now it's important to have one. It's important to believe in one, and without borders, there are no nations but and believe me i'm a I'm a patriot. I know what it means to be American, but it's it's invested in the freedoms that we have. And like I often say, I know I'm kind of rambling here, but I always say the most important thing upon which nothing else could be built if it wasn't there is the fact that we get our rights from our creator. And we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And any government that tries to take those away, we have the right to overthrow it. So the government is not the thing at the top. God is the thing at the top, whatever your God is. And and when, when you recognize that government can't be the top, then, then you won't keep working. <laughs> or maybe you'll keep working because you know you're supposed to in your heart. You don't know if you're connected to your God. God wants you to work. God wants you to be as productive as you can be to contribute if you can. I believe when you're anybody that's honest with themselves knows that. But why would you continue working for a government that takes your money and gives it to somebody else? You only think that's a good idea if you're the one getting it. And so it just it's it speaks to the way Democrats tend to approach financial problems, and I think. It's an indicator of how they tend to try and solve problems altogether. And as I said, it's 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 about just paying more money, making people happy. And I think it's only temporary happiness. But also dividing the country between the workers and the not workers. The productive and the unproductive. Of those who've worked to get themselves out of debt. Those who just have their debt forgiven. You would never parent that way. And then the worst thing of all is that it never, ever points a finger at what needs to be changed so the situation doesn't occur again. That's how you would parent. You'd say, here's the consequence for what you did, but I also am going to help you. But we're going to take this new measure to make sure we don't end up in this situation 15 minutes from now. And like I just said, if, if I my debt, if I see everyone around me's debt being forgiven, I stop paying my college loan. I hold on to every bit of liquid cash that I can because I would rather have them have to come and take it from me um, involuntarily than to just give it to them. Because I know that if if there's a situation where I am in debt, given the precedent set by or the, the you know the idea that they want to set the precedent of paying for college, um, they probably do it again. And it's just, we put the cart before the horse, we forget where the productivity is coming from. Just take it for granted. That's always going to be there. And it's not. And it, and the only way that it could be is if people are forced. If they're productive, are forced to be productive, and that's why communism, I said, comes down the barrel of a gun. That's why capitalism harnesses a human spirit in the way that communism does it. Now, I don't know how did I get from college loans to communism, but follow me I think it does make some sense with that I will take a break and I'll be back right after this welcome back to Sam walking in the world episode 40 now I would like to get to the topic of regretting the past now as you know I was unhappy and since I've become happier um, many, many things have become clearer to me about things that I've done in the past. And I think the reason they weren't as clear while I was unhappy, and as much as they were contributors to why I was unhappy, um, I, I don't think I could see them clearly because I, I always had an active hand in trying to shut the door on them. What do I mean by that? I mean, even something as recent as the day before, if I had done something embarrassing or you know mean, um, I would remember it the next day and then immediately go through this dysfunctional process of trying to figure out how I could... What I really was doing was trying to figure out how I could make it so that it didn't happen. So that I hadn't done it. And there's a distinction right there too, where people make a mistake or do something horrible and they say things happened <laughs> instead of I did that. And um I would I would try to find a way or hope for a way, for the other people that were around, or the people that I directly did it to, whatever it was, insulted somebody, um, lied to somebody, uh, embarrassed somebody in some way, was irresponsible in some way, tried to get away with it, um, and I would, I would, start. Cataloging the people who are involved and wondering how long I would have to go without running into them again before it might fade into the back of their mind. And it, it's funny because the the locus of control is external. There was there was something about my mindset where if if this terrible thing I'd done, or even mildly awful thing I had done would be either forgotten by the people involved or I would just not see them again, Um, then it would would alleviate some of my shame as though that's really where shame comes from. Real shame. And so, and I've been lucky. I have to admit, there have been times when I've done things that Oh my gosh, I would judge me for. Oh, in in some cases I would not forgive myself for. Although, I don't know, I might forgive myself. But um life, the universe kind of the universe kind of el- eliminated those people from my life. If it was something that you know, some some embarrassing thing I did at school. And and it would like hang over my head for the following school year. I would get back in September and and learn that 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 person had been transferred to some other school, you know, or somebody I did something embarrassing and that person moved. Like oh my god, and it is quite relieving at the time, but because. Shame doesn't really come from the other people. It wouldn't completely be alleviated. I would still feel shame. I would still feel... rueful about the past. Because obviously shame comes from the inside. And so it's an interesting thing to think about. How should you approach your feelings about things that, bad things that you've done in the past? And I, I notice this major difference. When I'm living the right way, day to day in the present, it's a lot easier for me to not close the door on the past. It was almost like before when I immediately wanted to shut the door on the past. It was because I I had to be subconscious. I mean, it, was, it was kind of peeking out the surface, but it was because I knew I wasn't going to continue living the right way. Or, I mean, not continue. I wasn't living the right way, but I, I was going to continue not living the right way. I was still going to be dishonest and... Manipulative. And I don't mean like every second of my day. But enough. And I was punishing myself. For it. By by feeling this sense of shame. This loss of self-worth. It really is a, a downward or an upward spiral. Because you start doing things to placate your own shame. That cause you more shame. Or you do the, you know the next right thing and it leads you to having more strength to do the next right thing. And so I was definitely on a downward spiral in terms of my personal character. And, and that, like I was saying, since I've gotten happy er, um, I find myself regretting the past, a lot less. Now, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't have preferred not to have done those things. And don't get me wrong, I didn't murder anybody. But enough, they were wrong enough that I knew it. I know I would not like to have them done to me. And that's always the great test, the, re- the reciprocal test. And that's where, that's where a lot of people like to try to throw in their own changes. How that situation is not like mine because. And then you're just arguing with yourself. You can't win. And it's it's, it's the, the, best, the best way to fix something. I'm sorry, I'm hiccuping. The best way to fix something is to live well. We're going say the best revenge is living well. Well, the best way to repair your past is to live well today. I firmly believe that. Only because it's worked for me. And so um, it's it's so much easier, by contrast, to regret the past when you're continuing to do regrettable things. And it's so much easier to have self-esteem when you're doing esteemable things. And even when you do something good and other people witness it and you get to feel like you are better in their eyes or, you know, better than they might have thought of you before, or just they think well of you, just like other people's judgments of you when you did something bad, that, I don't want to say pride, but that good positive feeling about having done something good. It it also doesn't really come from the outside. That also comes from the inside. And it's amazing how our brains can have such a convoluted dynamic. Which is why I always prefer action to thought when I'm struggling with what I should do or how I should feel. God jumps out of the bushes. So... Um, that's about regretting the past and then shutting the door on it. Almost like once, once you are living the right way, um, you don't think of your life. At least I, I have to keep this in the eye. When I start living, started living the right way, I stopped having this temptation to segment my life. Before and after. I know I know this show is predicated on how I used to be something and now I'm something else. But it, it, it there was never a a a border wall. It was gradual. And some days were better than others. Almost like a, a stock market report, a graph. And uh ugh, it is the morning. And to shut the door, really to shut the door on just about anything is bad, because you you are you are applying the construction of a door, and that the idea that it can even be shut. But the largest thing I guess I'm trying to say here is what I did in the past. Everything I did in the past in not only informs what I'm doing now, but fuels it. It feels it. It allows me to remember not just how I don't want to be again, but it allows me to remember the ways that I tried to handle things. And it also shows me my record of whether or not they were th- those ways of dealing with things were successful. So when I'm tempted to start trying an old way, um, I can play the tape all the way through, watch the end and go, nope, that doesn't turn out well. It's a mirage. I think it's going to because I want it to, but I kind of know it's not going to. And I'm going to do it anyway because I want to do whatever this first thing is. And so I feel like if you close the door to your past, especially, particularly close the door on things that you regret or that you have re- wished you hadn't done. Um, you're going to be, you're going to have less of a compass moving forward because our, the things we've done wrong provide us just as much of a compass as the things that we did right. And Yes, it's humiliating at times. And um, I'll carry them around. I'll think of some, something or somewhere, someone will remind me of a thing I did. Sometimes it comes out of nowhere and it's from 30 years ago. And I'll still, sometimes even out loud, say, I'm sorry to myself. I'm like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Mostly I just call myself an idiot. But, and it. And I really feel it I feel like I feel it get over again almost like you know what it is I feel it in place of where I didn't feel it when I was doing it. and I think that helps come to, helps me come to some kind of resolution that even if I can't make it right for that person because you can't go back in time, I can make it right for the next people I meet and see and have relationships with so i will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it if there's even a door i will allow the whole of my work the breadth of my work uh inform me about who i am now and what i want to be moving forward i hope that wasn't too confusing but if if you're ever feeling the urge to wish that person would just be gone from your life so you wouldn't have to face their shame, you know their perspective of you, perception of you, and the resultant shame, it doesn't help. That's why like apologizing usually ends up feeling so good. You you hate the idea that you have to do it because you have to swallow your pride, but immediately you first of all it almost always gets a good reaction. When you say you're sorry to someone. No matter how bad a thing you did, usually they say, "No that's okay. I also had something to do with it i or they cuss you out and you just take it. You don't give any reason why you did it or try to you know qualify the behavior because of something else that was going on in your life, or you just apologize unconditionally and completely. And that's really all you say when you apologize. And let them react the way they do. But I found that in almost all cases they were they were conciliatory. And I felt a huge weight because I confronted this thing. I didn't have to argue with myself about this thing anymore. And you know, even if I had 1% to do with it and they had ninety-nine percent to do with it, just kind of clearing myself of the guilt that I feel over that 1%. And after that, if they don't want to forgive me, it's on them. Because it's true that everybody makes mistakes. Everybody sins. And it's also true that that contrition, honest contrition, matters. It really does absolve you of the guilt. But you can't close the door. Got to keep the door open so you at least don't forget you did it. There is no real starting fresh. Life is a batting average. And every hit does make your average go up. But the more at bats you have, the more good hits you got to get in order to have your average change much. So when you're young, you don't have that many at bats. So every little thing you do makes a gigantic difference in your batting average, so to speak. But now I'm just rambling. So, with that, I'll take a break and I'll be back after these messages from my man Milky. I believe I have said enough with that, and I thank you for joining me and I will be back and hopefully see you soon. Soon. <laughs>